Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Well, church family, hopefully you are well today. For any of you just now joining with us, I said earlier, let's make sure we share our uh, service with those. Turn with me today to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. You know, last week we started a series based on the book, Five Practices of Fruitful Congregations. And, and we talked about radical hospitality last week. Um, congratulations. I think it was Sandy Cook and, and Shelly Myers that won our giveaway. Um, we're going to be doing that again today. Today our message is on passionate worship. And uh, so our, our key word for you to type into the comments for Thomas to put you in the drawing at the end will be worship. Worship is your key word. Type that into the comments. He will drop your name into the drawing that we will reveal at the end of the service. Luke chapter 10, starting with verse 25. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this, and you will live. So I asked a question on social media last night. Where is the most surprising place you have ever worshipped with others? You can go on my page, my personal page, and you'll see that question. You'll see the different answers. Um, some of them, uh, you know, in the hospital. Some of them, um, one of my favorites, in a club. In a club on the beach, most unexpected place. Um, in the the beauty salon, in, a, in getting your hair done, and 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 uh, that that's an interesting one. Uh, for my answer was in a, a council meeting. I went for a meeting and experienced church with my fellow council members. So um, if you haven't answered that question, uh, join on there and, and type in what it was uh, the most unexpected place that you've experienced worship. Now, when I say worship, you may automatically think of being in the sanctuary, right? In this, in this room. Um, I don't know. Well, I know you couldn't see me, but there's two of us in here, but I was standing up with hands raised with the music because I, I wanted to worship. And so, but we, we think sometimes that this is the only place, right? That this is the only place to worship because that's what we've kind of just conditioned ourselves to. But today we're going to talk about the fact that worship can happen in any place. No matter where we are, worship is a time that we think less, listen to this, we think less about ourselves and more about faith. We think less about our personal agendas and more about God's activity and will. That is what worship is. 
When you look at old language, the word synagogue actually means to bring together, right? We, we know that when they went to worship in the synagogue, it was a time of gathering. And that's what we, we do here on Sunday. And then there's the Greek word ecclesia, which means called out of the world. So in essence, let me say it this way. Worship is an act of calling people from our ordinary life into a moment where it's not about us, but it's about God. Even today at home, church, I want you to to share the service, but then I want you to put down your phone, all right? Put it down. Don't answer the text. Don't answer the notifications. Flip it upside down right now. Put down the phone. I want you to to stop multitasking. I know when we're at home, sometimes that is hard. Like you're you're looking at me on your phone, your tablet, or your television right now. But it's easy to multitask, right? Get up and do some other things because I can still hear the service, right? I want you to to stop that, and I want you to gather with us. Can we, can we take a moment to worship together today? Gather together. Exodus 8 verse 1, when God was talking to Moses about going and, and, and setting his people free, he told him, he said, Moses, I want you to go tell Pharaoh this. Let my people go. You see, we like to, we like to say that. We like to use that. We sing kids songs about that. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go, right? But listen to the whole phrase, let my people go so they can worship me. They had to come out of Egypt so that they could properly worship God. Church, this morning you have to come out of the stress around you for a moment to worship God. But I want us to break down the barriers of what we think of worship sometimes. Now, community worship, it's important. It's a time that we spend together with other believers. I know that we're missing that. You feel like you're missing that today. But but there's more to worship than being here in this room with me this morning. You see, worship also includes your, your personal devotion time. Worship also includes your private prayer time. Worship is about your meditation and your study of the word for you to dive into the word yourself. You know, but BJ, I don't, I don't understand it. Well, then, then you need to get a study Bible that gives you some notes. That's a great place to start with. And, and I hate to admit it. A lot of times when you guys, um, send me a question and if I don't know it right off the top of my head, I may actually Google so that I make sure to get to the verse I need to get to faster for you, right? Now Google is not the best theological place to go, but it can lead you to some good places to go. It's all part of worship. Well in our series today, our our, our practices of a, a fruitful congregation, we're talking about passionate worship. Well, why use that description? Why do we have to be um, so exuberant about this? Because without passion in anything, by the way, not just church, but without passion, worship becomes dry. It becomes routine. It becomes boring, predictable. You know, we can, we can walk in here and keep the order of service every week, and still not have the spirit 
with us if we don't come in here with passion. Church, how you position yourself in a time of worship, whether that's on a Sunday morning, whether that's you doing your writing plan every morning, whether that's you doing your devotional time, whether that's your prayer time, your study time, how you position yourself in a time of worship really matters. And what do I mean? We can unconsciously, we don't think about it, but we can unconsciously enter worship with this spirit of evaluation. In other words, we're ready to critique everything. Let's just use today as our example. Maybe you've already approached this time of worship together a little irritated because we're not in person today. You've already made that determination that I don't know why we're doing this online. Maybe it's you, you've already began to judge and rate the sermon. Maybe, maybe it's when we're here in person, you're, you're judging how we're doing children's program or not doing it right now. What about when, when we do an altar call? Are you, are you judging like what music is being used? What time are we doing it? And, and well, this isn't how we used to do it. What about how we critique the music? Maybe you didn't like that I used videos this morning. Maybe you love that I used videos this morning. I don't know. But do you see where I'm going? When when we position ourselves, when we come to worship, whether it's here or in other places, with that mindset of evaluation. Now, I understand. I have that input brain where I... I kind of am looking and always critiquing things like it's almost like a a scorecard of well this wasn't the best thing I understand that's why we have to make the effort the conscious remember I said we do this unconsciously we don't realize well now I've, I've brought to your mind that maybe you're sitting there thinking hmm maybe I do that maybe maybe I do critique things a lot then we have to make the conscious effort to turn that off so that we can focus. Because if we don't, our attention then becomes all the imperfections. Like I know that Bo James is out there going, wow, BJ, you kind of goofed up that whole prayer time, didn't you? Because I stepped up before the song was finished. Didn't mean to. That was an accident. Just happens sometimes. (laughs) And I know my two tech guys are going, oh, what do we do? What do we do? They scramble to keep up with me when things like that happen. See, we we get drawn to the imperfections and then then all of a sudden you miss the prayer time altogether because you were sitting there going, what is she doing? What is she doing? What is she doing? How about instead of just expecting perfection from people, what if during worship we turned our hearts towards God? In other words, instead of coming in here looking for the things to kind of critique, what is God saying to me today through this scripture? That what, what, what did God speak immediately as we read that passage together? Even, even if I stumble a word here and there, or it's not the same version as what you study from. What if you came in here and asked, what does the sermon mean to me today? Even even if I'm not real crazy about some of the illustrations that were being used. 
How did the words of the songs today hit your heart? Even if the tempo might be off sometimes, or it's not my favorite selection of music. Here's a question to ask yourself at any moment, not just a Sunday morning, at any moment of of worship. And again, worship is not just singing time. Worship is studying time. Worship is, is prayer time. What if this was our question? Am I allowing God's spirit to form me or am I evaluating the quality of entertainment? You see, because I, I know there's a lot of people that if we took COVID away, they still have trouble coming to church with us. Because maybe they've tried it, but they didn't like the music. Hmm. Yeah. Or they didn't like the version of the Bible that the preacher preached from. Or this or that. The list goes on. You see, they, they, they missed it because they came in to evaluate how they felt. Instead of coming anticipating, what does God want to speak to me? about today. Passionate worship means that I love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, and all my mind. In other words, I'm totally focused. So so on a Sunday morning, for one hour, I am totally focused on God. Not people, but on God. Robert Schneis, who wrote this book that that the series is from, he said this, an hour of passionate worship changes all the other hours of the week. Amen, church? An hour of passionate worship can change all the other hours of the week. So, so not only are you setting yourself up to come in here to, to be passionate worshipers, but because you came in here with that mindset, now you're going to leave this hour and you have set your whole week up with a whole different meaning and attitude because of God. How about that? You know, I said today we would break down these barriers of worship that we seem to have. In other words, I want you to think like this. When we think worship only happens in this room, where I'm standing this morning on a Sunday morning, hmm, we miss it. When we think that music has to be a certain way, when we think that the pastor needs a formal pulpit, not that table thing she sits up there with, when we think that we have to do things the way we've always done them, then church, we just lost our passionate worship. This church has not lived 112 years Because they've always done the same thing they've always done. It's because along the way, throughout those 112 years, people have passionately worshipped God and loved people. That's why we're 112 years old. Because with each new generation, someone stepped forward and passionately worshipped God, loved Him with everything, and was more concerned about the people that didn't know Him. 
You see, when, when we understand that passionate worship can happen at any place at any time, it simply depends on how passionate we are to love God. That's why that question I ask, what are the most surprising places a beauty salon? I have never worshiped God getting my hair done. I, maybe I have prayed before thinking, I don't know that this was a good choice of what I'm doing to my hair right now. But wow, to be able to passionately worship with someone in a beauty salon. I was trying to think of the the many different places, uh, a funeral even. Like that's, I mean, sometimes grief overwhelms us that we just leave a funeral as a funeral. But sometimes, and especially when we know the ones that we are celebrating, they're they're in heaven today and, and we can just worship their legacy, and their love for Jesus Christ. It becomes a worship service. Do you see, church? Like, anywhere you go, you can have a worship service. When we love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, and all of our mind, that means everywhere, everything, all the time. Here's a a quote from the book. In healthy churches, it says this, in healthy churches, leaders love people who do not know Jesus more than they cling to the insistence that everyone must worship the same way in the same space. Think about this. Not many years ago, in our 112 years, families would come to church together and and they read the the same version of the Bible. They, They listened to the same kind of music. Everything was the same, right? Like they all, they all could connect together. But in the, the time that we're living, you can come to church and sit here with four generations of your family and every one of you worships God differently. You might use a different Bible version. You might have different taste in music. You know, I know that sometimes some of the music maybe that I post on Facebook, some of y'all go, ooh, that, that's not my kind. Like, poor Thomas, he, he sometimes when I've played my music, he just sort of, hmm, <laughs> and he goes to another room or something because it's just not his taste in music. But I'm worshiping. But I'm worshiping. Like my whole body and mind is focused on the words of those songs. You see, healthy churches, we get more concerned about who doesn't know Jesus than whether we're comfortable in the service. Now, in the scripture today, the the expert of the law, he wanted to know, how do I inherit eternal life? In other words, how do I get to heaven, God? We've We've all asked this question. We've all asked the same question. And I like Luke's account of this because you can see it again in Matthew. But I like Luke's account of this because Jesus takes and turns the question around on the expert. You see, in, in Matthew's account, Jesus answers it. But in this account, Jesus actually turns it to the expert and he says, well, how, how do you read it? Now, the reason he probably said this, the Jewish men would have had their phylacteries that hang, you know, from their, their arms and stuff that had 
Bible verses in them. And so probably inside the Bible verse was these scriptures that we have quoted here. This is actually two scriptures that he is quoting to us um, from Deuteronomy and, and from Leviticus. And so he's, he's probably referring to like, you've got the answer right there. How do you read it? In other words, what's your understanding? And so he tells us, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus is right. That's how you do it. That's how you get to heaven. You know, we, we like our mission statement here at the church, love God, love people. Very simple, very straightforward. But this verse expands that for us so that we get a full grasp of what it means to love God. Because, see, sometimes I think we, we love God with all of our soul. I want to go to heaven. I know that there's a, another, another um, place to be, and, and this body isn't going, and, and, and we love with all of our soul. But do we love him with all of our heart? All of our desires, our impulses, our attractions, uh, the things that we just are drawn to, do we love him with all of our strength? In other words, with everything in me. I am focused on God. Do we love him with all of our mind? Man, that gets messy. I don't know about you guys. I tell Thomas quite often, you don't even want to spend 30 seconds in my mind. Like it would scare you sometimes. And so sometimes it is hard to focus more on God than I am about all the stresses in life. But it says if you love, if your love for God is is not passionate, then you can't worship passionately, can you? Like you're just going to go through the motions with me. You're just going to show up because that's what we do. As a church community, we have to also see that our times of worship together, no matter where the location is, is kind of like when John Wesley had that thought of, I need to connect people to God, even if it's outside of my comfort zone, even if it's outside of what I think of as church, even if it's outside of what I think of as being a good worship service. So they play music that I don't like. But if another person connects to it, wow, wow. You know, one way to deepen the experience of worship is to spiritually prepare yourself before attending, no matter what that is. So, so like for a Sunday morning, it actually starts on Sunday night. Hmm. Like you already make your mind up. I, I did that fun little video of, of uh, the Grinch, you know, of how we struggle sometimes. I'm going to church. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. We, we know Saturday night. We really do. We know by Saturday night if we're going to church on Sunday morning. Like we make conscious decision in our schedules and how late we're going to stay up and what we're going to do and who we're with. And we already know. So I'm telling you, church, sometimes it's about the preparation that we put into. And like, you, you know, when we talk about worshiping outside of this building, like how, how do you worship at, a, a, at the beauty salon? It's because you're already in love with God before you got there, right? And you wind up connecting with other Christians and worship happens. 
But that wouldn't have happened if you wasn't already preparing your own heart. When you, when you show up on a, a, a Sunday morning, do you walk in here expecting God to speak to you? Like, do you have something to take notes with? Because I don't know about you, but like I hear really good things sometimes. If I don't write it down, I've forgotten it probably before I got to the door or the car. Or I don't know about you, but like the way my brain works to help me remember things, I have to write them down. So like if I want to remember a name, I write it down. If I want to try to ingrain a scripture, that's why I'm really liking this writing plan because my brain works with that physical connection of writing it down. Preparing yourself to worship. Have you decided to sing with joy, even if it's not your favorite song? Here's what John Wesley, do you know, John Wesley wrote, this was the name of what he wrote, directions for singing. So he gave the Methodist church um, directions on how to sing worship music. Listen to his, his directions. Sing with good courage. Be aware of singing if you are, as if you are half dead or half asleep. But lift your voice in strength. And above all, sing spiritually. Have an eye to God in every word you sing. Aim at pleasing Him more than yourself or any other creature. You see, I, I, I'm guilty of this church. I, I don't like to sing out loud a whole lot sometimes when I'm in public. You know, I, I, the one instruction I gave Thomas today, because um, he's got the, the mute button for my mic, and I was like, well, you can just unmute it, and I turn it on and off. I said, unless, I said, if I forget to mute myself and I'm singing online, please turn it off. Because I have not been blessed with that voice. But John Wesley says, sing with good strength and spiritually and sing to it. So, so nobody's here. And I stood up because I was thinking of this sermon and I was sitting there and I was listening and I thought, no, 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 I gotta, I gotta live what I'm preaching this morning. So I stood up and I began to raise my hand. And I can tell you every worship leader that has ever been across this stage will tell you it's easier to lead worship when you are helping us lead worship. And there's some Sunday mornings that I just stop singing so that I can listen to you behind me. Because sometimes when I hear your volume go up in a song, it's like heaven to me. Well, if that's what I think about it, what do you think God thinks about it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your, all your strength, all your mind, all your soul. Passionate worship is not just singing, though. See, there's a, another barrier we have to, when I say worship, you think worship team. I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach myself to say praise team more because worship is more than the songs we sing. I think that's a song, actually. <laughs> it's a piece of worship. It's, it's a part of worship. But passionate worship is not just our singing. How we greet people when they come to our church. Not just a, a casual hello. And we talked about this last week on radical hospitality. It's about making people feel like you're going to remember who they are if they come back. It's about knowing that if they run into you at Walmart, you're going to speak to them. 
if you recognize them from church. How we greet people, how we sing, how we absorb the message, that's a part of worship. And again, let's break the barriers. Passionate worship can can happen outside of these walls. And I don't even have to be there. You see, you can start a Bible study that you share with other friends. Maybe people that never even come to church with us. Maybe, maybe you have a hobby that you all like to do together. And you can share that with others that enjoy that hobby right along with you. Include a time of devotion. It doesn't even have to be a, a full set Bible study. Just sharing a, a time of devotion or some, some songs together while you do it. It becomes a time of worship. Maybe it's, maybe it's while you're doing this hobby, you're out and about, and, and maybe you're out thrifting together at stores, and maybe it's just about stopping at lunch and, and taking a time of prayer together. You see, my unexpected place of worship, I said, was a council meeting, and which I love this council I serve with on the district, and, and we always have great times of prayer. But in this particular day, the head of our council... Pastor Tim Evans, he showed up and he said, let me tell you, he said, we'll get to the business in a minute. He said, but God has spoke some things to me this morning and I feel like I need to share this with you guys. And, and we began to share things and, and we created a circle and he opened that circle up and he said, if you have something you want us to pray specifically over you about, sit in this chair in the middle and tell us what it is. So this wasn't a time of, of, of the unspoken prayer. This was hardcore. Here's the need in my life, my family's life, my loved one's life. And we prayed. And on that particular day, there was some pretty heavy things in my heart to the point I almost didn't go to this meeting because I just was so overwhelmed with some things. And God broke through in that moment. And not a single one of us at that meeting had a dry eye that day. And we spent more time in prayer together than we did in business that day. And I knew from that day forward, even though I always loved this council, I knew from that day forward, I never wanted to miss a single meeting we had because we have all said our NMI council is like going to church and we only do it three or four times a year, but it is going to church. So it doesn't just happen on a Sunday morning. It can be a Tuesday morning. <laughs> it, can, it can be a Saturday morning with you in the coffee shop and your other friends around. Men, men of this community, it's time for you to rise and share the gospel with the other men around you. I have some wonderful men in this congregation and wonderful families because of it. But there's a lot of men out there that do not know what it means to love God passionately with everything you got. And I know as much as you guys love me, they're not going to listen to me. But they'll listen to you, men. They'll listen to the ones that they have coffee with every day. They'll listen to the guys that have been radically hospitable to them by um, sharing meals with them or going hunting and fishing with them and, and spending time with them. You're at the sale barn with them. They need your witness 
to share Jesus Christ. Passionate worship. It happens everywhere, everywhere. Because you see, the responsibility for the quality of spiritual life in the congregation does not completely rely on me. Oh, I give you avenues. I try to give you resources. I try to teach you things that maybe you don't know. But you are responsible for your worship time. You are responsible for how spiritual your life is. You are responsible for how much you love God. Go to Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and it says, All the believers devoted themselves... It didn't say, Pastor Peter carried them through. All the believers. So each one of us has the responsibility of feeding ourselves the word every day. Of listening to the music that leads us closer to God. Of sharing the gospel no matter where we are. Of not being ashamed of the gospel no matter where we are. Again, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. That's everything about us. Jesus' response to the expert in the law in our scripture today, it was more than just answering him, how do I get to heaven? Because see, we we like to ask that question. That's pretty easy. How do I get to heaven? Well, you believe in Jesus Christ. But there was more to it than that, wasn't there? Because he was breaking this barrier that the Jews had created, right? Because remember, they thought that they were God's people and, and just them, right? Just them. And so when when the expert goes on a little further in verse 29, and he said, yeah, well, well who's my neighbor? And, and we've, we've preached on this so many times before. Who's my neighbor? Jesus was actually trying to break that barrier of it's not just about you. As a Jewish man or a Jewish culture, it's about everyone. Our passionate worship is not just about me, but it's about everyone else. It's about people who who see us on Sunday morning. Well, if I come in and y'all sing like a bunch of dead fish and half asleep, I don't know that I'd want to stay in a congregation like that either. It's about when when you're out there and in in these unexpected places. Love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength out there. Because people are watching. People are watching. We, We remember we're talking about fruitful congregations. Passionate worship. When we come passionately, when we are trying to connect with God, it changes us. And when it changes us, it changes how we love others. Love God, love people. I can't love people passionately for God if I'm not passionately worshiping God. You know, the expert asked who his neighbor was, and and he just had that small definition because he wanted to justify not doing more, right? Right? The motivation for enhancing our quality of worship and our opportunities outside the walls is about allowing God to use us and our congregation to offer a more abundant life for everyone. Not just for us, not just for our kids, not just for our grandkids. 
but for everyone. And maybe, maybe it's time we, we kind of redream that because we, we've got to make sure that worship is extending out of these walls. You know, last week I talked about the growth in our youth ministry years ago when we uh, were younger in the ministry. And we had experienced that big growth, and, and it was wonderful, and it's still some of the best memories that, that I have of ministry. And, and I love that I get to hear the stories of, of our kids, they're always our kids, that came out of that era that now they're pastors. Now they're leaders in the church. But I remember that a few years after that, a sibling of, of one of the kids that had been through that time frame of our ministry, he had come to youth group, and, and by then our, our numbers are lower, like it was not the same. Like when you graduate out a group of kids, it, it just changes, you know, we've been through all the ups and downs over the 20 plus years of ministry. Just same way our, our adult congregation has ups and downs. But I remember him asking, he said, I want to have the same experience. He said, I remember as a kid, I remember watching you guys in, in the youth group and how awesome it was. And, and, and it was just, I couldn't wait to get here. And he said, now I'm here and it's not the same. He was like, I want that. And we told him, yeah, we want that again too. But then we told him this. The difference was that we had a core group of kids that loved God with all their hearts, with all their soul, with all their strength, with all their mind. It wasn't about just showing up at church because it was the place to be. They were in the school sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ where we couldn't. They were inviting kids that adults would come and whisper in our ears going, do you, do you know who that kid is, like what he's done? Mm-hmm. And we want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with him. And, and because of that, because of their passionate worship, we had a fruitful congregation. Church, we can, we can replicate the same events and we can do the same kind of groups, and we can do things we've always done. I know that we're thinking, man, I can't wait for COVID to just be over so that we can just get back to doing what we do. We can do what we do, but without passionate worship, you'll not have the fruitful congregation that you really want. Because it has to start here with myself. And that's what you need to say this morning. It has to start with me. And when I become passionate, it becomes contagious. Okay, that's not a good word to use in a pandemic, I guess. But it's the truth. My love and passion for Jesus Christ becomes contagious when others see it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength with all your mind. Love God with all your desires, your feelings, your affections, your passions, your impulses. Put God first. You see, we're living in a time, a culture that tells us that it's okay to feel, it's okay to acknowledge my feelings, and it is. I'm not telling you not to. 
But before I chase down who I think I am, I need to know who God is. Because when I get a right version of who God is, then I can figure out who he says I am. And I don't have to figure it out anymore. (laughs) I just have to keep drawing closer and closer to him. And that is what passionate worship is. It doesn't matter if you're 13 or if you're 95 or 6. I don't know how old Mr. Leon is, but I hope he still shows up with a passion to draw closer to God. I'm going to close in prayer this morning. And when I close and when this live stream stops, we'll pray. We'll announce who our winner is. So Thomas, uh, prepare for that. Um, and then when we shut down this live stream, I want to encourage you, church, take time at home before you rush to have lunch. And by the way, I'm looking at the clock. I'm letting you out early this morning. It ain't even lunchtime yet. I want you to take time for your own time of prayer. For a moment of passionate worship. Maybe that's, maybe you're watching this service by yourself, so it's just you and God. Maybe you're there with your family. Take time with your family for some prayer time this morning. Kids, can you lead the prayer at home with mom, dad, and grandma? Don't leave them out. You, you teach them when they're young so they don't forget when they're old. Take a time of, of passionate worship. Let, let this message wash through you this morning to let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart? Where is it that you've let worship become dry and routine and boring and and it just doesn't feel the same? And maybe I have been too focused on on the, the entertainment side of it. Maybe I haven't felt entertained lately, so I haven't felt God. You got to come in looking for God because the moment you look for him, he will run to you just like he did the prodigal son. Do you notice the prodigal son, he didn't like clean up and he didn't He didn't start apologizing. No, he just started walking towards the father and the father ran to him. That is passionate love right there. And if God loves us that passionately, we need to return it back to him. Let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come. I thank you this morning for your word. And God, it, 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 did, it, it felt so strange to, to preach about passionate worship when nobody's in this room with me. But God, I know that's how you intended it. You knew when this message was coming. You knew what we would be going through. And you knew that we needed a reminder that it's not about this location. Locations stopped mattering the moment you tore the veil. We are in the presence anytime we want to be in your presence, God. So God, right now in, in each house church, wherever, wherever people, maybe someone's driving and having to listen as they drive this morning, God, may, may your spirit just fall upon them. It's been a rough week. It's been a rough week, Lord, and we just need, we need your peace and your comfort. Yesterday I, I wrote in my journal the strength and the peace that we find in you, and I said, God, I really need that right now. And I know I'm not the only one. Father, I just ask that uh, you will begin to speak to the heart of your people about the passionate worship. May it begin to change this congregation. 
And Father, then it will begin to change our community because then we will begin to take that passionate worship out and sharing it with others. God, may we begin to connect with other Christians outside this wall that maybe they're looking for a church family. Then, Father, let us connect with them. Father, maybe there's connections with people that don't even know Jesus Christ yet. May we connect with them this week and show them radical hospitality. And God, may they enjoy a moment of passionate worship with us. Oh, Lord, continue to surprise us where you show up and we can just worship you in all that we are. May we remember this week to love you with more than just our soul. God, may we love you with our whole heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, and all of our mind. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, have a great week. And uh, I do know so many of us uh, are quarantined. Make sure to check on neighbors and do what you can. Be the radical hospitality where you can. Um, maybe somebody needs a, a meal dropped off or maybe they need an errand run to Walmart and you can help them out with that. Whatever it may be, just be the hands and feet of Jesus. Have a very blessed Sunday with your family and be a blessing to others. God bless you. Good day. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.